This episode of Locked on White Sox is brought to you by our friends at Locked on MLB Prospects. It's a big week. If you're the type of baseball fan that can't help but get giddy over prospects, we have the podcast for you. Locked on MLB Prospects, hosted by minor league play-by-play voice Aaron Layton, is the only daily podcast devoted entirely to the stars of tomorrow. Follow Locked on MLB Prospects on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. Let's start the show. White Sox! White Sox! Go! 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 dynamic duo of Herb Lawrence and Chris Tannehill. Those two are like a tag team, you know? Come with me to Southside of Chicago. Hi, this is Jim Tomey, and the best White Sox talk is on Locked On Sox podcast with Tanny and Herb. Hello, and welcome back to Locked On Sox. My name is Herb Lawrence, Ecknerwall23 on Twitter, if you are following me there. At Chris Tannehill is the way you can follow Chris Tannehill, and at Locked On Sox. Instagram, Twitter, and go to YouTube and subscribe there. Maybe hit the notifications bell. 312-566-8727 is the way you can leave us a voice message or at LockedOnSocks at gmail.com. Without any further ado, it is our nation's founding its birthday. <laughs> it's weekend of that. Chris, how are you doing? I thought you were going to say I founded our nation. I was like, don't put that on me. Just the good stuff, if you would. Um, it's good to see you in the daytime. Yeah, we are dropping this podcast. This is a, a rare opportunity for us to record during the day and then put it out immediately after. So usually uh, we we enjoyed our, our, our holidays yesterday. hope you guys enjoyed yours as well. hope it was spent uh, safely with people you care about and with things that could blow up parts of your anatomy. Um, how was your uh, 4th of July? It was good. I and mean, we spent time out there in the suburbs in the great city of Geneva. Uh, Courtney's friends live out there and they throw an annual 4th of July parade or uh, party and it was enjoyable. We had a couple of libations and this, uh, you know, Ziggy, our new puppy, it's his <laughs> first 4th of July. So uh... he did hit or miss like you know he heard the fireworks he just barked at it and then we just pretty much uh stayed in her mom's house uh, up in her uh, old bedroom and just consoled him and made sure that he was good so he got through it all right so it was it was pretty much a a success great success what about you <laughs> yeah the same uh i just had my parents over and i uh, cooked some ribs for everybody the mm. kid, kids were out in the pool so yeah, it, it was fine. I enjoyed it. A few uh, adult beverages, which I don't always do. I'm down to uh, my last two Iron City Light mangoes that we got from our Pittsburgh trip. Delicious. So it's de- it's depressing. I don't know if I'll just keep them in my fridge uh, as a remembrance. I, you know, those are for special occasions. Don't touch those Iron City Light mangoes, uh, Mom. Um, so yeah, it was a good time though, and uh, certainly good to to get a little breather here. But uh, there's not a whole lot of breathers here if you are following the White Sox. There's so much to talk about we're going to get into all of it we've got all-star nominations we've got possible snubs we've got uh, an ace who's in turmoil we've got great motivational stories we've got infighting uh, in terms of strategy with the manager and the coaching staff there's a lot of stuff we've got trade rumors um, so if this ends up being a two-parter 
and uh, and that means we will not break down tonight's game against the Twins, which we will preview a little bit because you'll be able to listen to us before the game starts. But there's a lot to get into here. Uh, but we begin, I think, uh, with, with the All-Star announcements before we get into this Detroit series, which there's a lot to take from that series, even though you kind of want to put it behind you. But there are some lingering things that we want to get to. But let's talk about the All-Star situation first. The White Sox, as we predicted, uh, their three All-Stars come from the pitching staff, Carlos Rodon, Lance Lynn, and Liam Hendricks. So no surprise there. And if you listen to this show, we were touting those guys the entire time. I think both of us nailed those guys. But uh, for, before we get to the possible snub, uh, your thoughts on those guys making the All-Star? I mean, it, you know, I think if you would have asked if Lance Lynn makes an All-Star team, you know, if you would have said that the day after that trade trade was made, I think we would all be on board with it. I don't think this changes that any, but these guys have all been great. And basically three of them seem like they're new acquisitions because this is not the same Carlos Rodon that we are used to. So your thoughts on, uh, on seeing those guys make the All-Star team? I mean, like you said, we – predicted that was going to happen the week before it was going to be announced and all well deserved i think the guys worked hard and tell me there's better two starting pitchers than carlos rodon and lance lynn in this league you can't find them those guys deserve it and one of them should be the all-star starter i don't know if uh, kevin cash will give the nod to those guys but we'll see and uh, Liam Hendricks leads the American League in saves. He's been pretty much spot on in save situations, you know, little hiccups here and there. The course of Detroit, one run he gave up in a non-save situation. So these things are not necessarily his fault or things that are knocked against him. So those three guys really deserve their honor to go to Colorado and pitch. I hope. They get the honors, but don't pitch. Yes. But also, you know, <laughs> you know, I know that Carlos Rodon has never been to one. So maybe if he wants to pitch, if he wants to be in the game, let him do his thing. But very little uh, arm wear and tear if they uh, don't need to. Agreed. Yeah, I think, you know, this is out of all the things that have gone wrong this year, and I certainly don't want to put this bad energy out in the universe, but you have to be very nervous if you're a White Sox fan with the relatively good luck they've had with their pitching staff uh, as a whole, with their starting five, no doubt. They've had some good luck in terms of avoiding the injured list here. So you do want to, you know, I, I think – I think all these guys have their eyes on the prize this year, and I, I think if neither of these guys get in the game, I don't think any of them will have a problem with it, but certainly I think maybe out of all of them, I think Carlos Rodon probably would like to pitch in that game, and I kind of want to see him pitch in that game, but, you know, just very briefly. And, uh, you know, but if it doesn't happen, I will not be disappointed. But you look at some of the guys that are on the uh, the the team now, and they'll, I think they'll eventually be replaced depending on where they are on the injured list, but there's a couple of guys here that are just not really performing up to their standards. Garrett Cole being on this list and Shane Bieber who had been hurt. So, you know, you wonder, there's always going to be guys that back out for whatever reason, be it because they start, you know, a couple of days prior to the game or they're just in you know, their team rather not have them pitch. And I hope that's the case with the White Sox. I hope they can manage to not have them in the game. And it's un it's unfortunate. I, I like the festivity of the All-Star game. I like when the guys come out there and tip the cap ever since I was a kid. Like, it's one of those things that never goes away. And I'm certainly happy for, for all these guys that made the team. Uh, Lance Lynn, I don't know how he's been doing it all year, but he manages to do it. He was asked how he's able to go so deep in these games the other day after his start against Detroit, and here's what he said. Those 117 pitch outings, obviously you can't do them every time out or probably don't want to, but um, how do you know that you're, you're able to do that? I'm a big bastard. That's how I know. I've been doing it for a long time. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty, yeah, there's no, nothing else to say, really. 
I love that guy, man. Uh, they call him Big Bastard. Um, that that was my favorite thing for the weekend, I think. But the guy that we talked about that could possibly make this team that did not was Yasmani Grandal. Kevin Cash opted for his catcher, Mike Zanino, to make the team who's got a little bit more pop. Uh, but the OBP is not what Yaz is. And uh, this is, you know, this is a close call, I think. And maybe this is one of those things where, you know, having, having the manager there certainly helps. But I think we're both in agreement here. Another guy who I'm content with not being in the game, although he, I think he deserves it, is Grandal. You know, he's been dealing with some injury issues of late, just when he's starting to heat up. So I'm, I'm, you know, I'm not cool with the snub because I don't know these guys have escalators in their contracts and they want to make the team on paper, even though if they don't want to play in the game. But this is a guy who deserves to be there. But I'm cool with him just overall not being there, to be honest. Yeah, me too. And it's uh, a thing that he had to do. Uh, Kevin Cash had to do because there's no other Ray on the team on the uh, American League team. So he had to name somebody. I'm sure if Tyler Glass now was healthy enough, he would have been one of the pitchers. But as it is, Zanino had to make the team over. Uh, yes, Monty Grandal. I have no problem with that. And like you said, Yasmani, if he needs you know escalators or things that you know, wants to go to Colorado, wants to hit home runs there, or wants to have the uh, distinction of being an all-star. Those things are personal level. I would give him, but otherwise, yeah, I don't see it necessarily as a snub. Like I said, Kevin Cash had to name somebody from his team, and that was the guy he had to name. Yeah, and you know, if you would have said at the beginning of the season, Sox are going to be represented with three all-stars. I think we would have been like, oh, okay, yeah, cool. So you're talking uh, T.A., you know, Eloy, and maybe Lucas Giolito, I think, is the guys that you would think of. And, you know, uh, T.A. is just starting to come around offensively, not having the year that he would like to have. And uh, Eloy obviously injured. And Lucas Giolito, uh, who we're going to get to here in a second, uh, not good. Uh, Sox are 49-34 as uh, our taping of the show. They dropped the series to Detroit uh, they lose the finale six to five yesterday, uh, despite giving him a thrill at the end. Jose Abreu with that good old rally killing home run, the three run shot. He, <laughs> he's starting to heat it up as well. You hate to see a three run homer in the ninth. I don't care what you say. Um, they are still six games up on Cleveland, so things could have certainly gone worse. And they're expecting to have Moncada and Grandal back in the lineup tonight against the Twins. So that's good. Uh, another good thing here. I think one of my positive takeaways, we always like to start there when we're talking about the team, uh, the big picture sense, is Jake Berger. We talked about on Friday's show, this was a guy that looked like he was going to get called up, and that's what happened. And Jake Berger uh, goes and has himself a, a nice little weekend uh, for the White Sox. He gets four hits uh, in, in his three games and you know gets his first major league hit, and that's always a big deal. And you know it's one of the great feel-good stories in sports. And you know here's what Jake Berger had to say after the game. This was just a really great moment there. We're talking with Jason Benetti and Steve Stone on the field after his first game on Friday night. Jake, why are you so emotional about this? <laughs> you know, the last three years, um, you know, I, I definitely thought about quitting multiple times. Um, you know, it's just, uh, I, it, it means a lot to me and my family's here and, uh, you know, it means more to them. Um, and I, I'm happy I could do this for them. And um, it's just, <laughs> you know, I, I can't, I can't, I can't put words at it. <laughs> I, I mean, I can't even speak. <laughs> Why didn't you quit? Uh, my my parents told me, you know what, don't don't regret anything in life, um, and and if you quit, you're gonna regret it. So, you know, keep on keeping on, keep pushing, and um, you know, ultimately things are gonna turn. 
I mean, sure enough, they were right. I, you know, I never would imagine this, this would be what it is, but um, you know, I, they were right. Uh, kudos to the Berger family. Uh, the Berger family, by the way, not a new ABC pilot starring Jeff Garland. Um, but you know, that's good parenting right there. That's good mom and dad in, and that's why sports is like the ultimate theater uh, for us guys being dudes and you know you guys may know many people in many walks of life who struggle with with personal adversity and you you may never hear about it and whether someone's trying to become a doctor or a lawyer or any anything in life where you have to work at really hard and you have setbacks along the way personal financial what have you and you often don't hear about those stories but when you see it play out in sports it just it's always a reminder to never give up uh, on yourself and Berger seemed to you know he looked pretty good out there uh, this weekend I don't know what becomes of him we I don't I haven't seen any roster moves before this Minnesota game I would assume that you know maybe he would go back down if Moncada well Moncada never actually was on the IL so maybe they could keep him but uh, your thoughts on Jake Berger this past weekend uh, were you as impressed as I was with the young man very much so I mean we talked about the story and we heard the emotion in his voice right there Go up and look at his uh, whatever stats you go for, baseball reference, fan grass, whatever, and look at that space between the 2017 season till 2021. That is what the emotion is from. And his parents saying, hey, you know what? You're a first round draft pick for a reason. And also, you're pretty good at it. Yeah, setbacks suck. But when you're going to be 35, working at whatever job you're going to do, successful or not you're going to regret not going through and playing baseball and that's what he had to do and i'm sure his parents if he has a girlfriend or wife they helped him out to get through those tough times when he's not feeling good when the achilles is acting up on him and he can't think about he can't do it and then he comes in shape this year best shape of his life and what's cliche has a great triple a season which was a surprise to me that you know a guy missed that much time that much development only played in i think what low a as a minor league player as a white Sox player and he's automatically to triple a and he does well and then to get the shot at the big league level and do well in his first week it's got to feel great it's got to feel awesome even if he went 0 for 11 or 0 for 12 this week I'm sure he'll be like, it's well worth it, and I'll keep on pushing. And I'm sure that getting the taste of the success and knowing that Yoan more than likely is going to play today, so that means that he's not going to play, and eventually Jake Berger will probably be sent back down to Charlotte. Still, this weekend means so much, and it'll probably give him incentive to do more, to be better. And if it's on the White Sox or not, I'm going to be rooting for Jake Berger all the way. Absolutely, and he comes out of this first weekend in the show uh, with a 417 OBP and a 1053 OPS, so that's good right there. That's stuff that even if you get sent down because you know you're, you're called up out of necessity, uh, but you know you can you can go back down to the minor leagues and not have that sour taste, you know? Like sometimes, you know, you, that can be a good thing. Like you, you keep the hunger with you, but I think maybe having that taste of success – in your mind, like, yeah, I was able to go up there and I was able to, to compete. You know, his first hit was it was an odd one. It's one you never really see, but then he got some uh, some bona fide hits after that. But it was just it was just a great story, man. And you know, we didn't quite have this the same uh, first week that Gavin Sheets had, and he had a, a bomb on Friday night as well. And everyone was talking about, oh, you know, with this uh, Gavin Sheets uh, emergence here, Rick Hahn may not have to add a left-handed bat. And then of Stop. course, Gavin Sheets, you know, I don't think he got to hit the rest of the series. Maybe one if he did. But that just goes to show you, man, just, you know, trying to to catch lightning in a bottle with these guys as you're 
uh, weathering the storm of these injuries is, is such a huge component of this, and it's a reason why the White Sox are sitting six games up on Cleveland right now. So just you know, kudos to, to Jake Berger for just persevering. A good kid, you know, follows me on Twitter for some reason, even though I've had no interactions with him. I, I, I th- felt like reaching out and telling him congrats, but I'm sure you know that, that's kind of douchey. But um, you know, Jake, if you're listening, congrats. <laughs> so Lucas Giolito's been bad. We'll talk about his struggles next here on Locked On White Sox. This episode of Locked On White Sox is brought to you by Bet Online. You know, baseball season is in full swing, and you can track all the action with our friends at Bet Online. Get all the latest news, odds, and info on all your sporting needs, including baseball, basketball, hockey, and even UFC and MMA action. So before the next pitch, head over to Bet Online on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest information. And it's not just baseball you can bet on on a daily basis. Check out these cool prop bets you can place at Bet Online. If you watch that hot dog eating contest out there in New York this weekend for the holiday and you pounded that over, you cashed in on that one. Shout out to everyone who reached out to me on that one. How about this? You can place a bet on who is going to testify at the Ghislaine Maxwell trial? Or how about which TV network is going to host the Golden Globes? Or better yet, how about which country is going to be the first to be attacked by aliens? That's right. I'm not kidding, folks. It's all there for you at Bet Online. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. This is your chance to get in on the game as teams prep for their runs to the postseason and aliens. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. And don't forget our promo code locked on. We talked about the Tigers not being as, as bad a team as people associate them with. And the Sox did not play their, their best brand of baseball. And a couple things came out of this one. I think the, the most you know uh, disturbing trend to, to myself, and maybe you would agree, is uh, where Lucas Giolito's trending. And I thought mm. maybe we put a lot of this stuff behind us. After that Twins game where he really gutted through that one after giving up the the home run early to Josh Donaldson, and we all know all the stuff that went on before that game about the accusations of Lucas being a cheater and this and that, and he kind of hushed any any you know doubters at least for that night. Even though we talked about on the show, like e. Maybe old Josh has a point there when you look at the spin rate dropping and you just look at the overall just su- the success or lack thereof of Giolito this year, and it's not where he would want it to be. It's it's not where, where any of us want it to be. So it gets back to Lucas Giolito, first pitcher in baseball. <laughs> uh, not quite there yet, maybe. but well, Stephen B. Smith. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He goes five innings on, on yesterday and uh, gives up ten hits, six runs, all of them were earned, one walk, uh, five strikeouts. He actually, the, the swing and miss rate was up a little higher than it had been all year, and this is a weird one here. Um, let's hear it from his own in his own words, Lucas Giolito, and why he felt like that outing in particular was, was not good. And then we're going to talk on the other side about how uh, we view his season so far and if we have any doubts about him going forward. But this is Lucas after the game yesterday. Oh, it was pretty terrible. Um, Agreed. I gave up six runs. Uh, I'm putting our team in a very poor position to win the game, so I'm not doing my job. What's not uh, What's not happening for you, or what wasn't happening for you today? Um, lack of fastball command and, and changeup command. I mean, it looked like they had a good approach against my changeup, and I was leaving it up. Um, and so, you know, too many, too many hits, too many, too much uh, traffic on the base paths. 
couldn't get into a rhythm. So it just didn't work out. I feel like my stuff has been relatively the same. Uh, nope. <laughs> you know, over the last two, three years. Uh, but yeah, there's just something missing with, with the command and, and putting guys away. I think I gave up a, a decent amount of two strike hits, even like an O2 counts. And so uh, I just got to look at it and, and kind of pick apart. Uh, I don't, I, I don't have a good answer for you right now, but kind of take a look at, at the sequencing and uh, the execution of, of put away pitches um, because I should have had a lot more strikeouts uh, and, and weak contact in, in those two strike counts, especially. I think you've said uh, earlier season that you feel like you're not having the greatest season, uh, at least by your standards. Do you feel like it's command is consistently a thing holding you back? Yeah. I mean, uh, last couple of years, I was able to get by throwing a lot of fastballs down the middle, throwing a lot of changeups down the middle. Obviously that's changed. That's not, the, that's not working. So I need to be better about uh, commanding my pitches to where they need to be. Um, like I said, I, I got no issues with my stuff. Uh, I feel like my slider has improved. Um, you know, I feel like my changeup fastball, it's all the same. It's just uh, I'm not throwing it where it needs to be thrown. So there you have it, Lucas in his own words and why he struggled yesterday in particular. And, you know, you can look at – the spin rate, and we talked about that after his last start against the Twins, and as the the crackdown on on the sticky stuff, like God, I'm just, just so sick of hearing it, I'm sick of talking about it. But uh, it it appears that it's uh, really come home to roost here for the White Sox former ace. And if you look at the the revolutions on the four seamer down uh, by 207, and you look at the slider it's down 337 revolutions uh, compared to this time last year. Uh, where where Lucas was absolutely dominant, and I'll I'll just say this: there's a lot more to pitching than you know than you know. Oh, this guy had this sticky stuff, and he was cheating, so he can't pitch anymore. I don't I don't believe that to be true. I, I think you're seeing a lot of guys that are going to have to make adjustments, and I, I think Lucas can certainly do that. It's a, it's a lot more than just oh he didn't have the sticky stuff, so he couldn't locate the pitches, and I think that is part of it. You know, not having the the grip that you're used to could certainly help with location, and that's concerning. But there's more to pitching than just like what you can, what substance you can put on the ball. You know, changing eye level, making more competitive uh, put away pitches, like he was talking about. Um, just not being, you know, I felt like when Lucas was truly operating at his best, you know, he he was operating more at the top of the zone, and now I think he's getting hit harder in the middle of the zone, and he doesn't overpower you, so he has a thin margin for error up there, which is why he always amazed me when when he was going at his best because when you can't blow people away with a 99-plus-mile-per-hour mile mile fastball you know, and still succeed at the big league level, not only that, but thrive. Like it's, it's amazing that he was able to do that, but now it's like nothing is working for him. And I saw people come out and try to say, Oh, well it was an early day game on the East coast. You know, like what happened with Boston, he doesn't like early games because it throws off his circade here. And really like you hear everything in the world, making excuses for this guy, but he's got to get better. And this is why you have your personal pitching coach here to figure it out. 
I mean, if, if you are Lucas or you are Ethan Katz, Herb, you know, I, I don't know what you do here to try to fix this, but how concerned are you going forward that this is just going to be what Lucas is at this point? And this, you know, he's not quite Lucas Giolito, worst pitcher of baseball 2018, but he is not great. And he's definitely not what he was last year. And if I'm making my playoff rotation, he's not starting game one. I'm sorry. And, you know, I love the guy and I think he, he can still come out of this because he's not totally getting dominated out there and he was not great before the crackdown yeah. on the sticky stuff. So how concerned are you going forward with Lucas Giolito? I mean, just think about it. Um, they've taken away two of the things that made Lucas successful and whatever you want to believe it or not, Lucas definitely was doing some type of sticky substance, whether it was rosin and sunscreen, whether it was the spider tech, the numbers that Tanny just pointed out indicate that that was part of it. And then James McCain signed a free agent contract to go to the New York Mets. While I poo pooed it as a, you know, he's fine. He's a top pitcher. He'll be fine. He hasn't been that pitcher that showed up last year in 2020. And yeah, 2020, it could be the fluke. And this could be Lucas Giolito. The 2018 and 2021 be more likely the Giolito going forward. But also, like, we saw dominance. You know, those haters weren't seeing him. They weren't seeing his high fastball. They weren't seeing his high changeup. Slider was filthy. Everything was working out for Lucas. Those things are not, like, just because of 2020. That was real. So I need to have Lucas. And this year he has his pitching coach that set him up for success. So I need to see a way where Lucas has to go back into the offseason or take this days off at a, uh, the all-star break and retool his mechanics. Find out what's been going on. Find out how they're hitting that high changeup. They're just sitting on it. Detroit was just destroying his pitches yesterday. It wasn't. It wasn't fun. It wasn't the Giolito we understand. And Detroit, while decent, scope good, Miguel Cabrera back to being kind of himself. I do. Uh, Kill Badu's decent. But, and oh, how can we fit it? Hornus Haas. Oh, yeah. Hornus Haas, man. Um, Haas. He is, man. You know, a few things about him. You know, if people don't know about uh, about Haas. You know, he uh, he was born in uh, in Brooklyn, New York, uh, 1936. He's an American billionaire businessman. He actually he owns the Bulls and the White Sox, uh, so we know that. Um, he he bought the White Sox in the Bulls in '85. Um, and then bought the Sox in 81. So he's, he's owned the Sox for quite some time, and I know we're only hearing about him this year, but it's been a, a pretty good series uh, for, for Honus Haas, and uh, it's been a pretty good year against White Sox pitching. But, yeah, man, a lot of people blame uh, Honus Haas for the player strike of 1994. I'm not so sure about that. Um, you know, that's for another show. But, yeah, Honus Haas really uh, dominated the uh, White Sox this, this weekend, and I'm sick of it. Yeah, quite and honest. I need Lucas to find out a way, like – to get back to I don't know like he's a smart enough pitcher maybe not to be the pitcher of last year but to get back to a passable major league starter because the last couple outings it's been like uh, I mean the the Minnesota outing was good because he honed in and he used that anger towards Josh Donaldson and channeled it into a great pitching performance if he needs to get there do it remember in that performance I think he only struck out one guy so he was just working off of just Grits and uh, guts and guile. I like and I like that, working off of grits though. Grits that, and guile. <laughs> that's that's, a, that's, a, that's a that's like a new uh, a, a, a new uh, brunch spot that we're going to open up in the city this fall. <laughs> grits and guile. <laughs> 
Oh, yeah. And so that's what he's working off of. If he needs to go back to that because the other stuff is not working, fine, do it. And this is the this is the time to do it. You're having great success as the team. You need to find this guy that was our ace. It's great to have Rodon. It's great to have Lynn. I don't know if those things will last. I don't know if this type of level of pitching for those guys will last. We need an ace ace. And if Lucas Giolito can get back to that, awesome. But if he can get back to just a mid-fours ERA type of guy, like, and he's winning games on just, you know, three iron runs, it's not ideal, but we can't have with a guy that showed up in Detroit. <clears throat> in Detroit. And maybe that uh, Josh Donaldson – not even the, the sticky substance specifically, but just him letting that out into the atmosphere kind of got to him on the Detroit uh, start. That's I what, hope I'm wrong. Yeah, that's what I said. You know, and I, I you know, again, I don't like when you label someone a cheater because I think there's a fine line into in uh, doing what, you know, what baseball is sort of turns the other cheek on. You know, there's a fine line between doing that and then doing what the Astros did. I think labeling, putting them in the same pile. I think that that's just that's that's inaccurate. But you know, I think that was a stroke of genius there by Josh Donaldson to to throw that out there into the ether about Lucas Giolito because so much of of his game I think is is mental when you don't have the overpowering stuff. And we certainly saw same same guy, no arm issues in in 2018. Uh, Where's Benjamin Baseball? Um, and you know, it was a lot of it was a, was the mental aspect. He talked about how important that was for him to break through. And realize that he could do it at, at the highest level, and you and you plant that seed of doubt in someone's mind, and we see it when Lucas is not going right out there. He's pretty animated on the mound when he's upset with himself, and there's some guys that are unflappable out there. He is not one of those guys. You can tell when he's having a, a tough time internally. So I think that was a, a master stroke by one of your bitter rivals there in Josh Donaldson, the Minnesota Twins. So that may have lingering effects all year, but he's got to get with the mental skills coach, get with your with your personal pitching coach, and, and try to figure it out, man, because uh, if the playoffs started uh, you know, today, I would not have him out there in, at least until, until – until game three, and even that, I think it would be up for debate at this point. But that's the good news, though, is you have two guys out there who are going to be in Denver for the All Star game who I would have no problem starting with a game one. Like, you know, you could tell me Lance Lynn's going to start a game one. I'd be like, all right, cool, let, let's ride, you know? So. You have that, so it's 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 not the end of the world. Lucas Giolito is not done professionally, um, and hopefully they can just figure it out. That's why they get paid the big bucks to figure that stuff out. But I think overall, just you know, don't again the the, the rules of pitching and the art of pitching is, is pretty simple at times it's in terms of the basics. You know, get ahead. You know, to be throw competitive pitches out there. You know, uh, with your put away stuff, and I think he'll he'll be okay. But I think working at that top of the zone, I think would would, would serve him well. Uh, but uh, yeah, man, so I'm concerned going forward with 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 so much of what we talked about there, with with not being able to rely on foreign substances. And I'm not accusing him. I'm just saying, like you know, the, the just the data is there for you with with the spin rate, and then just the the, the mental aspect, man, as a, as a young player still trying to make his way through through major league baseball like that, that that's not an easy thing to deal with so hopefully they could they can get it right and hopefully the all-star break is coming at a perfect time for Lucas Giolito so uh, he's already made an all-star team back in 2019 so hopefully if he, he knows what it takes to get there and if he wants to get back he knows what he has to do so I'll take a quick time out preview tomorrow's show and the twin series next here on locked on White Sox and this episode of locked on White Sox is brought to you by our friends at built bar built bar it's the best tasting protein bar 
bar ever. And let me tell you, folks, I'm down 21 pounds now. Thank you to our friends at Built Bar. I don't think I could have done it without them eliminating those bad sugary snacks from my diet and replacing them with the nutritious, delicious Built Bars has been a godsend for me. I just ordered a new 18-pack of German chocolate. They went on sale this weekend, and uh, they may be gone by now, which is why you have to sign up for the email alerts and text alerts so you know when your favorite flavors come back like I did. German chocolate is probably my best flavor, I would say, and now I get to have some. And I even ordered a special cooler. It's a Built Bar cooler that they were offering last week with your purchase. Better head to BuiltBar.com now and see if they're still there. But I took some on the road with me to Pittsburgh, and they were kept nice and cool in their little Built Bar cooler. They give you these nice little freezer packs to go with it. It's really, really a great thing to have if you're going on the road this summer. Get yourself some Built Bars now. Go to BuiltBar.com. Use our promo code LOCKED15. That's going to get you 15% off your next order. That's what I did when I ordered my German chocolate Built Bars. And, you know, if you're looking to lose weight or maintain weight, they're just perfect. When you talk about Built Bars, you talk about how delicious they are, but also they're packed with protein. Your average Built Bar has about 17 grams of protein and just 130 calories with about 4 grams of sugar. Pretty good, right? And I'm telling you, they taste awesome. One of my favorite flavors was back in stock recently, the coconut. I ordered some of those. Herb's favorite flavor, the peanut butter brownie, is a mainstay. Go to BuiltBar.com, promo code LOCK15 for 15% off your next order at BuiltBar.com. Wrapping up here, I think we'll, we'll preview the twin series here. Tonight starts a, a big series, not as big as it would have been, but it's always big, especially when you when you go on the the, the opponents' turf after the the shenanigans of last week. But the Sox are in Minnesota this week to face the Twins, and we'll talk about tonight's game here. Uh, the the pitching matchups for the Sox and Twins are as follows tonight. Going for the Sox will be Dylan Cease. Dylan 7-3 with a 3.75 earn run average against Bailey Ober. 0-1 with a 5.84. This is uh, a guy that the Sox saw just the other day, and that's going to be 6 o'clock Central time, so you'll have enough time here after you're listening to us to, to get ready for that one. So should be interesting. I, I think what we'll do, Herb, I'll make a decision right now. I think what we'll do is we'll talk about Trevor's story rumors tomorrow and uh, recap the, the game briefly and uh, preview the rest of the series tomorrow. What do you say? What do you think about that? I'm in for it. I'm in for it. So, yeah, it, Bailey Ober, I got I just think about <laughs> uh, Ozzy Guillen saying his name. Just like his name is like something else. It's like Burley Ober. <laughs> Bailey Ober. Yeah, uh, and this show is Bailey Ober. Um, but, yeah. Yes. All right, so that's all we got. Uh, voicemails. And emails here. Uh, if you want to get in touch with us, uh, I did not get a chance to get to the voicemails just yet, but that doesn't mean you should stop sending them. We just had a lot of things on the burner. So uh, 312-566-8727. That's 312-566-8727. I will say, I, you know, send us some emails so we can get a mailbag going for the All-Star break because we've got some moving parts here and we would love to have some emails for you guys uh, and uh, to, to do on the show. So that's LockedOnSocks at gmail.com, LockedOnSocks at gmail.com. Uh, that's all I got today, Herb. That is Chris Tannehill. Follow him on Twitter at Chris Tannehill. Me, Herb Lawrence, is at Ecknerwall23. That is Lawrence spelled backwards, 2-3. And the show is at Locked On Socks. 312-566-8727 is the way you can send us a voice message, and we're going to need them. And LockedOnSocks at gmail.com. Those are emails. Send those to. So for Chris Tannehill, my name is Herb Lawrence. Thank you for joining us 
on this 4th of July edition of Locked on Socks.